following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones and Mickey Spagnola. You know, this all reminds me of the children's book Troy Aikman uh, wrote back in 1995. The title was Things Change. And boy, do they ever change. And welcome to our debut of our new podcast on DallasCowboys.com, Mix Shots. Kind of an offshoot of my weekly column on DallasCowboys.com that normally runs on Wednesday. And yes, I am Mickey Spagnola. And joining me on the debut of Wing Mick Shots is Bill Jones. How are you today? I'm doing just fine, just fine. And uh, this is a throwback to the good old days at the Cowboys Channel many, many years ago at Valley Ranch, right? Well, Bill, I, I, I think I've got it right. It's 15 years ago in 2005 when uh, we came up with Talking Cowboys on that Cowboys channel. I believe it showed on Comcast uh, TV, and we were doing it uh, in the TV studio, if I remember correctly, Bill and I. And uh, we did it for about a year, and uh, that was the beginning <laughs> of Talking Cowboys, and now we're back together again on a show, and this is Mix Shots. And what we're going to try and do is uh, take a look at some of the bullet items that I have in my notes column on Wednesday and then go on and discuss anything and everything with the, the going on with the Dallas Cowboys. We have uh, some various shots about uh, the Cowboys um, in the playoffs uh, and the new playoff system in the NFL uh, we also have a potential uh, starting date for the NFL schedule coming out, uh, along with some other uh, nuggets that I was able to bring out. And, Bill, uh, I know you're keeping busy. You're at home. I'm at home. So that certainly has changed in this uh, age of the coronavirus. And we are sheltered in place. And I assume you're being safe. I am. Uh, now, I am getting out of the house some with my job at CBS 11. I actually have a hall pass in my <laughs> truck where I, because we are considered, for some reason, we are considered essential uh, media. And uh, so I've been actually doing my live shots each night uh, from the plaza there at the Star in Frisco. Uh, rather than here at home, uh, and in anticipation of Cowboys news each day, we got some last night. But, but before we get started here, all right, at the end of your mix shots this week, okay, in in reference to going back to 2005 when uh, the original Talking Cowboys on the Cowboys Channel, I cannot believe that you remember the name of Marcus Spears, high school coach at Southern Lab in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I remember vividly uh, leading up to that 2005 draft and interviewing his coach, but I could not for the life of me remember his name, Eric Randall. And you remember his name. Well, I had to do some research, by the way. And thanks to Google, I was able to locate 
what the name was, and it, it took a little bit of research, but he... Uh, you could have just called Marcus and asked him. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You know what? <laughs> and I have his number. I should have done that. That would have been easier than my 10 minutes of research. But that was pretty cool. And uh, as Bill was referring to the note, uh, we did this before the draft because we thought Marcus Spears was a guy that the Cowboys could potentially select in the first round, which they ended up doing with their second first-round pick that year. Uh, in uh, 2005, it was the 20th pick. Uh, they took Marcus Spear after they took DeMarcus Ware. And we remember uh, the kind of uh, uh, debate they were having in the draft room with Bill Parcells wanting Marcus Spear with that 11th pick and then Ware with the 20th, and the Cowboys decided to do it the other way around and it worked out just fine, huh, Bill? Hey, and you know what? That draft right there is what got me to start my big green NFL draft scouting notebook. Uh, and I hope you have it with you. Yeah, I, I do. I have it with me right here. <laughs> you know, because because uh, you know we were we were doing daily programming on uh, the Cowboys Channel then. I mean, we were diving into the draft more than we ever had before at that point. And we had targeted both DeMarcus Ware and Marcus Spears that year as the guys that the Cowboys needed to draft. Of course, they had two first-round draft picks that year. And if memory serves me right, I think we talked to either DeMarcus's college coach at Troy or something, and obviously we did Marcus's high school coach at Southern Lab there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But you know, and, and the great story, obviously, that's been told and retold now is the fact that Bill Parcells really wanted Marcus Spears, and there was a great debate with the 11th pick in the draft. Do they go where, or do they go with uh, Marcus Spears? And as it turns out, uh, they got both of them, and I know that uh, Parcell, things were uh, they were all on pins and needles in that draft room uh, going from the pick 11 after the where pick was made. Uh, and they picked him instead of Derek Johnson, who went to Kansas City, who, of course, had a great career with the Chiefs as well. Uh, and then they waited until number 20, and then Marcus Spears was there, and there was a big sigh of relief in the draft room when they got Spears also. It might be the uh, last time I got a draft prediction right. <laughs> and, and that'll be another part of our, our weekly show here on Mix Shots is uh, looking at the draft and uh, opening up Bill's uh, big green notebook uh, with all his information in it. So uh, we'll be able to do that. So let's get started, Bill. Uh, and uh, one of the shots that uh, kind of came to me uh, was uh, when the NFL owners the other day decided that they were indeed going to expand the playoffs, uh, adding an extra wild card team. Uh, to each conference. Your thoughts, too, on uh, I think it's a good idea. I have no problems with it. I don't think they're oversaturating uh, the playoffs. Uh, I think that uh, it just adds to the excitement and adds another game we get to watch on Wild Card Weekend. Well, and two games, in fact. So you get uh, triple headers on Saturday and Sunday of Wild Card Weekend instead of uh, double headers. And I don't think it waters it down too much. I think... Uh, I, th I think it – I love the fact that the team with the best record in each conference gets a first-round bye, and only one team gets the first-round bye now. So it really uh, – there's such a great advantage there. There are many years where the second team, you know, maybe they didn't even deserve the second round uh, – the first-round bye, that, that team with the second-best record. So I think there there's – 
more of an effort that would be made to get that first, uh, the top record in the, in, uh, the conference each year. Uh, and I, I, I really like it. And, and, you know, it's just amazing that it's now been 30 years since uh, they expanded the playoffs. Yeah, expanded them in 1990. And someone did the research to show that uh, there were, uh, out of the 60 uh, teams that have qualified, over those 30 years, uh, as the um, an, uh, if there was an uh, extra uh, wild card team, you know, 10 of them would uh, have made it at 10 and 6, and the majority, I think it was 44 out of 44 out of 60, uh, would have made it with a winning record. And the the research showed that only one time. Uh, did the seven and nine team uh, almost make the playoffs, and that would have been the Dallas Cowboys. By the way, uh, back in 1990, if they had an extra uh, team that year, the Cowboys would have made it. Uh, they almost made it as the second wild card team uh, until the Saints uh, at uh, seven and eight. In the final game of the season, and it was a night game against the Rams, they kicked a field goal with two two seconds left uh, and uh, beat the Rams, and that solidified their final playoff spot, and the Cowboys were left out. So so if they had expanded the playoffs back then to seven, Babe Laufenberg would not have had to have won that game <laughs> in Atlanta, the last game of the season. Yeah, if right? I re- remember correctly, Babe, uh, Troy Aikman got hurt in the uh, 15th game of the season. It was a loss to Philadelphia. Babe came in, and uh, they didn't win that game. He had to start the season finale against Atlanta, and they lost that game. Uh, but had there been an extra wild card team, the Cowboys would have got in at seven and nine. So it would have been and Babe Laufenberg would have been the starting quarterback for that playoff game. <laughs> That's right, and they would have been fed to, I think Detroit. Right? No, not Detroit. I, I don't remember who it was. But yeah, so a little bit of history there on the playoffs because uh, even though they added a team, you'd have to go all the way back to 1990 uh, to find that 17th added in the NFC. Uh, with a losing record. So uh, I I think it's a good thing, uh, and uh, it'll be even more exciting. Though, Even though, Bill Wright, if they they had added the seventh team last year, the Cowboys uh, still would have been left out. Yep. All right. We're we're going through your Mick Shots column, but there's some news that happened, Mickey, that we've got to talk about. That We're burying the lead here, you being a Missouri grad – and the news that came down last night that the Cowboys have signed Alden Smith. And so that's we got to get the Missouri grad's opinion on Alden Smith being a Dallas Cowboy. Well, first and foremost, he's got to get reinstated by the NFL, right? So they basically agreed the terms on a contract, it sounds like. Uh, I'm assuming that comes from the agent. And uh, if he's reinstated, then the Cowboys and there, will. There were, and on Instagram, there was a, he posted a picture of him signing a contract. Yeah, so, so, what, is, yeah. so what does that mean? Is that like a, a fake contract and then it goes yeah. into... Since he hasn't uh, been reinstated yet? Right, because he hasn't <laughs> been reinstated. He's trying to. So uh, Now, <clears throat> Alden Smith came out of college after three years at Missouri, and he was awfully, awfully good. Uh, and he ended up being a top first-round pick of the San Francisco 49ers. I think a lot of people thought he was going to fall, uh, but they took him uh, awfully high in that first round. And uh, in his second year, 
in 2012 with the 49ers. He ended up with 19 and a half sacks, and it looked like, okay, this guy is really going. He is the real deal. And he was for a couple years until kind of fell off the cliff, right, Bill? Uh, ended up uh, with suspensions, uh, and, and as I counted him out since uh, that 2013 season, uh, he's been uh, involved in 10 issues uh, with the either the NFL uh, or uh, the, the authorities, and uh, he ended up getting suspended, and it seemed like permanently, after the 2015 season. So he's not played a football game, uh, and I looked it up, and he hasn't played a football game since November 15th of 2015. Uh, so I don't know what you get out of a guy. Uh, it looks like maybe uh, once again he has turned his life around and got himself uh, straight. Uh, we're about to find out. We're about to find out if you think the NFL thinks he's turned his life around. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know him, uh, but, you know, you hear uh, the reaction last night from NFL players just on social media reacting to him signing with the Cowboys. He seems like he's a really uh, good guy, uh, friends with a lot of players. Uh, Jay Glazer, uh, as obviously he's uh, he may have been the one who broke the story, uh, but, you know, he's worked with him over the course of the last nine months, and uh, and some other reporters talk about how, he has turned his, his life around. His most recent arrest came last summer. Uh, and so hopefully things have worked out. The, the, the biggest concern from a football standpoint is the fact that he hasn't played a game since November 15, 2015. And I, I haven't done the research on this. I, would, I don't know how many players, if any, have not played an NFL game for four full seasons and been able to play in the NFL. Now, maybe there's somebody out there that has that answer. I, I don't know it off the top of my head. And uh, so that is the biggest thing uh, is he, he can be in the greatest shape. He can turn his life around, whatever. But as we all know, what it takes to play in this league, that's asking a whole lot. And hopefully he can come through. And the, and the Cowboys taking a flyer on it, the details on the contract as I saw it last night. Was it was a one-year deal up to four million dollars with a base of two million? I don't know what, how much guarantee there is on there. It can't be much. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And and think about it. If you look at when he last played a game to to now, it's been fifty-five months since he's played a football game. And even at that, over the previous two years, he had only played sixteen games. So I figured out that he's played sixteen football games. Uh, in the last 77 months. So, you know, I don't know what he has left. I don't know how long it would take him. Uh, and it certainly wouldn't uh, help if this entire offseason uh, is canceled. As we know now, the NFL facilities uh, are shut down. So if you want to call it a flyer, this is a real flyer. This is a jet, right? Uh, well, they're taking a huge chance on Well, they're, they're, they're not taking a chance they're they're giving him an opportunity and one of the problems i think we should point out for his different suspensions and i think what uh medical people finally figured out is he had some mental health issues uh that needed to be tended to and that's normally what happens uh in a lot of these cases whether it's failing um 
substance abuse tests or getting involved in some domestic abuse. So he's had a range of things, as I said, 10 incidents. But again, if indeed the mental health part of it is taken care of, um, you know, you can take a shot on a guy. And the Cowboys have obviously done that with other guys along the way. Well, and and, the, and obviously the connection is Jim Tom Sula, the defensive line coach, because Tom Sula had him at San Francisco, so he knows what kind of person he is. He he would be intimately familiar with the issues that he's had in his career since coming into the year. Uh, of course, he played at a Pro Bowl level with those nineteen and a half sacks in twenty twelve, and that was under Tom Sula. Um, so if if he was going to land anywhere. Uh, Tom Sula would be the place where he would land, uh, being coached by him. And so it says a lot about uh, what Tom Sula thinks of him, that they are willing, even after him being out of the league for four years, to to take a flyer on him. And, Bill, doesn't it seem like if you look at this case and some of the other signings they've had uh, in free agency that the Cowboys are relying on this coaching staff? on some of the guys they uh, are bringing in. And, you know, everybody said, oh, before, it was like, oh, the Cowboys rely too much on their coaches uh, in the draft and in free agency. But in this case, in several cases, right, uh, they're relying on this coaching staff's recommendations. Well, and, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons they hit on draft picks as well. Now, they've obviously missed on some draft picks, too, with coaches' input. But it, I think it's so important for the scouting staff and Will McClay heading that up to know what those, what those coaches are looking for in players. Now, this specific case, obviously, it's, it's the recommendation of Tom Sula because he would be intimately familiar with this player. But I think that was one of the critical things that they had to do early on in this offseason was for the scouting staff to meet with the coaches and under, get a full understanding of what they are looking for scheme-wise, both on offense and defense and special teams, but also uh, what type players that they, they want to have. And so I, I think even this year the coaches probably have to be really uh, connected with what's going on with scouting um, uh, as much as anything, just for them to become familiar with what they're looking for in a specific player. Yeah, and we can look right to uh, what they seem to have agreed to terms with uh, with defensive tackle Don Terry Poe, who played for Mike McCarthy uh, at Green Bay. Certainly a bigger uh, defensive lineman than the Cowboys are used to having. He's 346 pounds. Uh, and if you look at the guy that played that one technique in the 4-3 uh, this past season for the Cowboys, Antoine Woods, I think he checked in at 310. So a significantly bigger uh, body. Uh, we haven't seen that he's actually signed the contract yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he this will be his uh, third team in four years. Uh, and I'm not sure he's the same player that was going through those Pro Bowls uh, back in the the mid uh, to the teens uh, of this year when he was playing for uh, Mike McCarthy. All right, uh, Chris Beam, our producer, has, uh, has pointed out to me, and I'm sure a lot of people out there may have uh, had that, this same thought, Roger Staubach would be one who has uh, sat out a number of years before, uh, before getting back into football, of course, after, with his naval commitment back in the 60s and into the Cowboys. So there you go. I'm looking to see how long Chad Hennings sat out before uh, with his military commitment before starting with the Cowboys. He started with the Cowboys in 1992 
and he was drafted in 1988. So there's a four-year uh, four-year period there. Four-year span there. Of course, and, and, Hennings would have been 26 and not 30 at that time. Right, and and, and you know, and Staubach kind of kept his hand in it, right? Yes, uh, he, he played a lot uh, in, uh, when he was in the military, too. A lot of, of course, it's Navy, not at the NFL label, level. Navy, Navy, Navy pickup football, right? Exactly, exactly. The Cowboys was would ship, ship him footballs wherever he was stationed, <laughs> including Vietnam, by the way. That's right. So, yeah, that has been a, has been a while. So going back to Poe, uh, as I told you uh, when we spoke last night, I went back and looked at four of the games that he played with in Carolina this last year, and uh, I, I've seen these scouting reports on what he is supposed to be, uh, this run plugger in the middle, a guy will hold up, uh, double teams. Uh, and he did that the second time they played Tampa Bay. Uh, but in the games against Houston, San Francisco, and the Packers, I just thought the guy disappeared. Now, I don't know if he was having problems with uh, the injury he had, the leg injury. I believe it was it was a hammer or a hamstring or a quad, uh, and he ended up missing the last five games and needed surgery, which, by the way, is also a concern because when you start approaching 30 years old, uh, those injuries tend to pile up. But I didn't see him make much of a difference, if any at all, uh, in those other three games that I watched. Yep, and I watched, uh, you, after you pointed out the Tampa Bay game, I watched that one, and um, he looked, I mean, that may have been, as you pointed out, the games you saw, that might have been his uh, best game of the year. Uh, and it was, but it's, it's great for everybody to, right now, it, with it being free uh, on all access on uh, NFL.com, you can go back and look. And it, it's great because you got McCoy and Poe side by side there with Tampa Bay and go back and look at those games and you can make your own judgment on, on where you think Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy, for that matter, are in their careers. Mickey, I, do we need to take a break? So let's take that break, Bill Jones. And we'll come back with mix shots here on DallasCowboys.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... 
right above the subway. Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back, back, back. to Mick Shots. Welcome back to Mick Shots on DallasCowboys.com, our newest podcast. Mickey Spagnola and Bill Jones. Yes, and Mickey, did you know this? You can get your draft coverage the Cowboys way with the official 2020 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine Draft Guide featuring an exciting new look. The guide includes all the information and analysis you need for the Cowboys' upcoming draft. Get your digital copy today for only $4.95. Find out more right here at DallasCowboys.com forward slash star. And the hard copy should be available for purchase uh, next week. That digital copy is good to go. And, Bill, I did know that because I contributed to the oh. uh, draft issue. Wrote a story about the Cowboys' history, how it started way back in 1960 of making trades uh, during uh, or before the draft. So it, it's a kind of a look back that, uh, and I'll just tease it right now uh, because uh, the Cowboys traded away their what would have been their first draft pick ever, ever uh, in 1960 to acquire Eddie LeBaron from the Washington Redskins. Wow. And how tall was Eddie LeBaron? About my size. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can picture Mickey Spagnola quarterbacking the Dallas Cowboys, then you've got a good picture of Eddie LeBaron. So let's Probably- Go ahead. A different age back then. Yeah, absolutely. Probably uh, with the size of centers now, my head might just come uh, over the guy <laughs> leaning over the football, right? Uh, That's right. So let's go, uh, let's go on. You know, we were talking uh, about, and I'll just throw this note out, uh, nothing controversial about it. Uh, NFL officials said uh, yesterday uh, that uh, the schedule, that bill probably would come out here in – maybe two weeks uh, right before the draft, uh, they're postponing that to around May 9th. So uh, they'll go through the NFL draft uh, April 23rd through the 25th, uh, and then maybe a week or two later uh, they get around to actually releasing the schedule. And who knows, right, where we're at right now. Uh, if there is an off season, uh if training camp starts on time, uh, we did know that the Cowboys should have been able to start their off-season uh, programs uh, April 6th, so I believe that's this coming Monday. That's, uh, right. but that's certainly not going to happen with uh, all the with the league shutting down all the NFL facilities. Okay, and um, I'm looking. I'm reading your mixed shots right now. And okay, you say at the end of that that is if indeed there is a season. I'm just keeping all positivity that there will be a season. We've got to have a season. And I'm I'm just trying to stay as positive I can be that this thing's going to be licked and we're going to we're going to return to some sense of uh, normalcy uh, sometime during the the summertime. But again, May 9th on uh, that's anticipated when the new schedule uh, would be released. Now, what is your understanding uh, from a virtual standpoint? whether it's doing Zoom conference calls or whatever that the NFL is going to allow the teams to do. Because 
in a, even in a in a regular year, it wouldn't be until Monday, April sixth, that this new coaching staff could get hands on with these players. What what are you? What's your sense of how that's all going to work now from a virtual sense? Well, they they've actually it sounds like started some virtual. Uh, conferencing with potential draft picks, too, by the way. Right, since right. They can't fly guys in. We normally right. would have already had uh, pro days. We would have had Dallas Day, but that's not going to happen. So I saw some teams uh, doing a, a video conference with uh, Love, the quarterback, uh, and checking him out right. further. And they've got, and they've got rules for the established team. for that, too. Mickey, they've got rules it, it, established it, for that where they, where they are able – I believe it's you can meet with one player three times a week for an hour or something like that. There are established rules in place trying to keep a level playing field for everybody. Did they check in with the NCA to see how many funk yeah. calls you can make with your recruits? And and, yeah. and you mentioned with the teams, and it sounds like they're going to allow the teams uh, so many hours a week to uh, basically, as you said, use some video streaming to contact players because think about it. I'll guarantee you Mike McCarthy has met very few uh, of the Cowboys' current players that were already uh, under contract. So it would be a way to have some meeting, get some sort of playback uh, installation going, which is going to be significantly serious uh, in this offseason. You know, Bill, this kind of reminds me of that 2011 offseason that got wiped out by the lockout when they were still uh, negotiating for a new CBA and if I remember correctly, they didn't come up with a new, uh, ratify a new CBA uh, until late in July. And two days later, uh, they opened up training camp. So it was a shotgun start uh, to that season, too. And I don't know if this is going to be the same, but they've done it before uh, with a, without an offseason. Right. And, and, of course, then it was really up in the air because of free agency hadn't really happened. Uh, and yeah, that's what I was referring to with the it, it's it, like with the NCA restrictions on recruiting. It, they have a similar type thing uh, with the NFL trying to make it where it's a level playing field for everybody as far as the draft uh, is concerned. You know how I would think that they would need a month of uh, quote unquote training camp in order to be ready to play a season. So I mean, if uh, this went all the way to August 1st, you could start the season still on time if you can get together uh, for uh, a training camp starting at that time. Uh, it would affect the preseason, obviously, if that were the case. Uh, and it, it might be a situation where teams would have scrimmages instead of preseason games if we got that late into it. If, say, it was mid-August or September 1st, we had to delay the the start of the season, but hopefully we don't get to that point. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, going back to 2011, the Cowboys opened up training camp on July 27th. They did play their first preseason game on August 11th, so it was about so two, two weeks. and a half, two yeah. weeks. Yeah, two weeks to play that first preseason game, and and who knows if if you're right and it doesn't start till August 1st, you might cancel a, a preseason game or two to allow these teams to play. Which again, the Cowboys thought it was a benefit to get that fifth preseason game and play in the Hall of or the I guess uh, play in the Hall of Fame game. Give this coaching staff. Uh, an extra game to work with uh, the players and kind of get to know these guys actually playing football. 
All right. One of your mix shots I want to ask you about uh, is uh, you got a note about Travis Frederick. And uh, there was some talk, uh, some references to the Cowboys possibly trying to recoup some of his prorated signing bonus. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, and uh, he only has one year left of his actual prorated signing bonus, and it's like $650,000. So I don't know that uh, it, it would be a big deal to go after that. The reason he has just over $11 million in dead money right now counting against the cap uh, is because of the restructure bonuses. And that's money that he was going to earn. And basically what they do with a player is they take part of the base salary for that year, turning into signing bonus so they can uh, spread it over the length uh, of, the, of the contract. But he's already received that money. Uh, and so that, I don't believe, would count uh, against trying to get that back because he did the club a favor by lowering his base salary, uh, and then they gave turned that what he gave up in base salary for that year as signing bonus. So uh, the majority of that uh, is still uh, the reconstruction bonus, and I think it's, uh, gosh, it's almost $10 million because they restructured his contract twice so and then the other thing on that bill uh, while he is counting uh, 11 million in dead money they do get back his seven million dollar base salary but that won't happen until they turn in his papers and they likely won't turn them in until after june 1st so they can spread out uh, that proration instead of taking the entire hit this year i've told him that's the route they're thinking of going Uh, and again though even when you do that uh, you don't get that $7 million base salary back until after June 1st. So that's one of the things that I think people uh, need to be aware of. Now, this wasn't a mix shot, but I think, Bill, we also need to put in perspective uh, the contract uh, that was signed by Steve Zerline, uh, the kicker, who, by the Greg way— Zerline. Greg, Greg Zerline. Greg Zerline. Did I say Steve? Greg Zerline. <laughs> you uh, must know a Steve Zerline somewhere. <laughs> uh, and, 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 again, it was another connection, right, because John Fossil, the special teams coach, was with Zerline with the Rams for the majority of his uh, career there. So uh, that was another kind of insight they got from one of the assistant coaches— uh, now, it's been reported three years, $7.5 million, uh, but we know that uh, uh, that's not the, the total structure in that first year, right, Bill? Uh, that's right. I think it's a million-dollar uh, signing bonus, so that would be guaranteed money, and then $1.5 million uh, salary, uh, of his salary for this year is guaranteed, so $2.5 million guaranteed. Uh, you know, I think the way I look at it is, you know, Forbath is basically a veteran minimum salary guy, um, and uh, and Forbath is uh, he's the fallback in case Zerline got hurt or didn't perform up to his expectations. And it, let's say Forbath outperforms Zerline in preseason. Uh, well, then, as a team, you just kind of look at it. Okay, we're even though you're not paying for bat the Zerline money, well, that's the money that you've got allotted to the kicker position, and then you're basically just paying. If Forbath made the team, then you're just all you're paying is a, a veteran minimum salary above what you've already got invested in the place kicker position. 
Yeah, and with a lot of these contracts right now, some of them have only been agreed to, not signed. Uh, so what the Cowboys have available left on their on their salary cap is kind of a floating number, uh, and it looks like it's anywhere between about seventeen million to thirty million. So it's it's a pretty fluid thing if you count all this stuff up. But I think what people need to understand is they don't have an unlimited amount of salary cap space, and that's why uh, they're signing a bunch of these guys like Haha Clinton Dix to well, one year contracts. Uh, and giving them a little bit of a signing bonus and then give them the ability to make more money uh, in some performance uh, bonuses. And that's kind of how they're trying to uh, manage that salary cap. Uh, And I think, Bill, we need to take that uh, last break here on mixed shots. And when we come back, uh, we're going to discuss the story uh, of how Jerry Rice nearly became a Dallas Cowboy. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stack from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back, back to Mixed Shots. What would Mixed Shots be without a read from Jack Black? And Jack Black is practicing in their uh, social distancing. They're having at jackblack.com an Easter egg hunt. Uh, you will find a GIF under one egg if you go to getjackblack.com, and it's yours free with a $65 purchase. So go to getjackblack.com and hit the icon hunt, and you will get your free gift as we continue here on our last segment of Mix Shots, Mickey Spagnola and Bill Jones from our homes. We are practicing social 
distancing too. And uh, Bill, will you be on site again tonight uh, for I, your CBS 11 show or tomorrow I, night? I think uh, that is the plan. They'll probably be from the plaza there at the Star in Frisco. Not, not a lot of activity out there. Of course, the <laughs> the uh, the NFL still has it in place. Uh, the work-at-home measures across the league as far as inside the facility. And uh, and then they, I, you know, right by the Omni Hotel there in, in Frisco and the Tostitos Championship Plaza, there are signs up that uh, it is closed due to an event. And uh, that event, of course, would be COVID-19. And however, during our live shot last night, there were some kids who showed up to play some a pickup football game. They may have been all from the same family, so it may have been they may have been within the restrictions. I'm not sure. And I was trying to stay at least, if not six feet away from them, sixty feet away from them. So you didn't call the police on them and tell them? No, I didn't. No. They're gathering. I was looking right. to see if security came out though. Right. Uh, talked about uh, when we hit the break about how Jerry Rice almost became a Dallas Cowboy and uh, found this out. Uh, Gil Brandt uh, told a story, and it was uh, in relation to one of the Cowboys' former scouts, Ron Marciniak, uh, passed away last week at the age of 87. And uh, Ron worked for the Cowboys during the 80s, and I think he made it into the 90s. I couldn't find out. Uh, how long he had uh, lasted uh, with the Cowboys. He went on and uh, became one of the top scouts for the Baltimore Ravens when that franchise uh, came into existence. But uh, Gil tells the story on how uh, Ron uh, had scouted this wide receiver from Mississippi Valley State and was just adamant uh, that this guy could play in the uh, in the NFL. The Cowboys uh draft guys were basically like, well, I don't know. He doesn't have much speed. And Gil said he kept making this skinny kid run the 40, and the best he could do was 4-6, and he made him run over and over and over again. And when they had their pre-draft meeting, uh, he said that Ron literally, literally not only pounded the table, but got up on top of the table and yelled at him to say, you need to draft Jerry Rice with the 17th pick in the NFL draft that year. Uh, and it was, it was a pretty funny story. And uh, as, uh, as we know, uh, with the 16th pick, uh, the San Francisco 49ers uh, took the NFL's all-time leading receiver, Hall of Fame player, uh, all 60-year uh, anniversary player in the NFL uh, and the Cowboys were one pick away because Gill maintains that they were going to take Jerry Rice with the 17th pick. Unfortunately, they ended up with Kevin Brooks. He was a defensive lineman from Michigan, lasted four years, and he was a guy billed, as I remember, I don't know how much he liked football because the day of the draft, and think about this, back then uh, there was no TV coverage of the draft. You had to call uh, the guy you drafted to let him know you got him. Uh, and when they called uh, Kevin Brooks, they couldn't get a hold of him and evidently found out that he, was, he wasn't even worried about the draft. He was out roller skating. And I'm going, <laughs> I don't know if I want my defensive lineman roller skating, okay? Wow. So I, I think you probably remember Ron. You probably ran into him. Uh, that was that old, that old crew of scouts that uh, – Boy, they were the funniest guys and had the best stories. Yeah, 
and uh, and and you give a lot of credit to them for what the Cowboys did uh, with the drafts going back to the 70s and even before that in the 60s too. I was looking at the 1985 draft and what was available after Jerry Rice and Kevin Brooks went number 17. I'm looking at names. Jerry Gray, cornerback out of uh, Texas, went to the Rams at 21. Refrigerator Perry went number 22 to the Bears. And Bernie Kosar uh, was the last pick of the first round to Cleveland. A supple- well, he was supplemental draft. So, um, And Randall Cunningham went in the second round. So there wasn't yeah. a, uh, So I guess we'll take Gil's word for it. The Cowboys were going to take Jerry Rice. And how would that have changed things in the 80s if Jerry Rice were with the Cowboys? How might it change things as far as Danny White and Gary Hogaboom, Steve Pallor are concerned? All that, all that, right? And, and and think about it. The Cowboys needed another lead wide receiver at that point. Uh, Drew Pearson had already retired, uh, and they were looking for a lead guy and uh, ended up uh, drafting Mike Sherrod in uh, 1986 uh, with their first-round pick. And unfortunately, uh, he broke his leg a couple times and moved on. And uh, the Cowboys, uh, uh, the lead receiver at that time would have been Tony Hill, correct? Uh, yeah, it would have been. Um, all right, one more thing on wide yes. receivers. Okay, the Cowboys have not replaced Randall Cobb in free agency. So how are they going to replace Randall Cobb? Well, I think that, uh, that that's certainly a possibility in the draft. I think they have to look at it. I don't know how high uh, you would want to go with a, another receiver. Uh, in, in my estimation, that defensive end spot, uh, even though they have these contingency plans uh, with uh, an Alden Smith, with a Randy Gregory, who they do have the rights to. Uh, I, I just don't know that you can uh, bank on uh, a defensive end coming in. They need a defensive end. Uh, I know uh, Gerald McCoy has dabbled in that a little bit. He did it in Carolina in some passing downs. They lined him up uh, outside uh, as a defensive end pass rusher. Uh, but I don't know uh, if they've got a ready-made guy to step in. Tyrone Crawford has started at that right defensive end spot, but he's not the pass rusher. You would have to have him and somebody else at that defensive end spot. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, just how much they value a defensive end. And uh, if you open up that big green notebook, I don't know where the defensive ends stack up in the first round, but I would think in those first, first, second, third round, uh, they've got to find a defensive end there, maybe more so than a, a wide receiver. Yeah, they need a guy who can uh, pin, their, pin his ears back and get after the quarterback uh, like Robert Quinn did and what a find he was. And it was about this time last year that uh, the Cowboys pulled that trade and gave up a sixth-round pick with the Dolphins uh, to come up with uh, Robert Quinn, uh, who, who played at such a high level and parlayed that into a huge contract uh, with the Chicago Bears. One guy, as far as the uh, slot receiver position goes, that I would like for them to take a look at is Taylor Gabriel as a veteran guy. Uh, you know, the way this market is playing out, and especially with what's going on with the coronavirus, there are so many one year contracts being signed around the league. And, you know, Gabriel is from right here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And I think he would be a great fit as a veteran guy there. Because really, when you look at it, they're not only replacing 
when you look at their roster at the end of last season, they have, they're replacing Randall Cobb, but they're also replacing Tavon Austin. And I think Taylor Gabriel could be a veteran guy that fills that need, not for a lot of money. And, and, and since he hadn't signed yet, I'm assuming that he hasn't got a lot of good offers for a, for a lot of money. Maybe he is a guy who would want to play at home for a year and, and, and uh, take it from there. And let's uh, close uh, this debut of mixed shots on this note. If you were a free agent and you haven't had an offer yet, uh, and what are we, two, two weeks into free agency, almost uh, three, mm-hmm. if you got an offer, would you get real choosy or would you yeah. just go right ahead and sign something? Yep, yep. You know, you want as much uh, upfront money as you can get. Because you don't know uh, what's going to happen as far as this season is concerned, but you know teams are looking at it that same way. They may, probably aren't offering a lot of upfront money because of the uncertainty as well. But I think that's why you're seeing a lot of one-year deals getting off the board just to get something in your pocket. Uh, and and before you know it, it's going to be 2021. Uh, and so you might as well get what you can get right now because we're getting late in the game. We're three weeks from today's uh, start of the draft. And, and think about it. Uh, who knows when the season's going to start, if it starts on time, or how many games you play. And I don't know what the rules will be, uh, but if, if you're getting paid on a weekly basis and you're missing games, you're missing paychecks, my guess is. Uh, so that signing bonus or whatever roster bonus you get uh, would be awfully uh, important. Uh, we're going to have to step away now uh, from Mix Shots, the draft show. Uh, will be coming up next on DallasCowboys.com if I have my schedule correct. And appreciate everybody being with us. Bill, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll do it again next week, right? All right. Sounds good, Mickey. All right. Thanks for joining us on Mix Shots. Take care. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!